0: What are the implications of the upcoming October 6th Supreme Court case? And it's titled Pharmaceutical Care Management Association versus Leslie Rutledge in her official capacity as Arkansas Attorney General. And if you don't know what this is about and don't understand this case and the implications to the pharmacy industry and you as a pharmacy owner, as a pharmacist, you have to listen to today's program with special guests, Representative Buddy Carter and CEO of RX Bill Holmes, on the Pharmacy Podcast Nation's PBM Reform Podcast Series.
1: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network since 2009. The Pharmacy Podcast Network has led the podcasting space for the pharmacy industry. This network of pharmacists and pharmacy technicians leads the podcasting charts with more than 2 million downloads, 40 different stations, and new episodes every week. The Pharmacy Podcast Network is the number one podcast for the pharmacy professional. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and all your favorite podcast players. Join the Pharmacy Podcast Nation today. Pharmacy benefit managers, better known as PBMs, are responsible for negotiating payment rates for a large share of prescription drugs distributed in the United States. Recently, state Medicaid systems, policymakers, and national pharmacy associations have expressed concern that certain PBMs' business practices may not be consistent with public policy goals to improve the value of pharmaceutical spending. This podcast series is all about PBM reform. Listen to the discussions, share these podcasts, and help build a new pharmacy payer system which supports our independent. In community pharmacies, encourages fair and transparent competition in the marketplace, and most importantly, is designed to deliver the best patient care.
0: Buddy Carter is no uh, stranger to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, buddy.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you again. It's always a pleasure to discuss um, pharmacy, a profession that I'm very proud of and, and very happy that I chose to, to practice.
0: Bill, you are no stranger to the pods and you've been an amazing supporter of the PPN and and the information that we've pushed out on a myriad of topics, really centering initially on drug adherence and the importance of that as a $300 billion problem that you're helping to attack and helping to leverage and be very strategic about it. And I just wanna say thank you so much for all your support.
3: Uh, It's my pleasure, Todd. Uh, We are, uh, as you know, uh, passionate here at RxSafe about uh, improving the lives and the health of patients uh, for independent pharmacy operators all over the country, and you know we, on a day-to-day basis, uh, uh, interact uh, with with our partners in pharmacy, and, and we're and we're very close to the pain they feel that uh, is is kind of. Uh, shoved down their throats from, from, the, from the PBMs, uh, primarily in the form of the DIR fees and, and, and other instruments. Uh, I, I think we're in a very unfair uh, situation. And so RxSafe is, is really, really passionate uh, in joining forces with uh, everyone on the front lines of this fight, uh, very closely coupled with NCPA, with Doug Hoey and Eric and the team over there. Um, that uh, we're going to do everything absolutely humanly possible to try to to right the wrong in in what's going on in the world today.
0: That's important because it's actually impacting the care that um, is expected to be given to these patients throughout the country, as well as those rural areas where the only health care provider for miles away is an independently owned community pharmacy that is the, the backbone of healthcare in those communities. And some of the um, unregulated practices of the pharmacy benefit managers are, are placing a tremendous amount of operational strain on these organizations to the point of putting them out of business. And this this scares me as someone who has been in pharmacy for over uh, 17 years and who understands the trickle effect of not having health care in place as we all talk about buzzwords like population health and health disparities we've really dug into um those those subjects on the on the pharmacy podcast nation and so this brings us to um something that we need to break down for listeners if you're listening uh, tune in and listen up take some notes if you're driving there's going to be some show notes to um, the briefing um, and the decision and the summary and the outcome of of this court case on october 6th but let's start out with a, a summary. Um, and I'd like to start out with, um, with Bill. If you just give us an overall summary of this case, some block and tackle, and then we'll have some questions uh, for uh, Representative Carter too.
3: Thank you, Todd. Uh, it's a great uh, lead in. Let me first point out that there is also a great opportunity to learn a lot more about what's gonna be uh, uh, before the Supreme Court here in, in just a few short days. Um, We have uh, an alliance with NCPA, as I said, you know, charging toward uh, this decision by the Supreme Court. And and I would like to, you know, essentially throw out a call to action to all of your listeners to listen and get more involved and help support the Legal Defense Fund at NCPA. Uh, We are sponsoring an event, uh, a webinar, on September 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time where we're going to have a, an amazing panel to talk in real depth about this case and its implications overall to the pharmacy industry. I mean, we're, this is a call to action to all pharmacists and pharmacy owners in the country to get involved, uh, listen and participate, and if you can, uh, to help us support this legal defense fund uh, going forward. We are pledging $25,000 of matching uh, fundraising funds as well as other key sponsors who will be uh, you know, well, well positioned in, in, uh, in our go forward uh, explanation of what's going on on, on the webinar. Um, we hope to raise 100 dollars to $200,000 through our uh, sponsorship donations along with matching uh, contributions from, from people who are listening in. Uh, the, the program is gonna start out with Doug Hoey, who's the CEO of NCPA. Uh, he'll be uh, talking about uh, the, the program. He'll be talking about the sponsors and promoting the Legal Defense Fund and and, and then introduce the Attorney General of Arkansas, Leslie, Leslie Rutledge herself. Uh, she will do a about 15 minute explanation of her position and her view of this case, which just a couple days after that will be before the Supreme Court. She'll actually be arguing this case following Leslie's Uh, Very important comments will be John Vincent, who is the president of the Arkansas Pharmacy Association, and uh, very important history because Arkansas is at the the center, the epicenter, if you will, of what's happening here at the Supreme Court. Uh, John will introduce Mark Riley. Mark, uh, as you may know, actually introduced the legislation in Arkansas that is the focus of this historic case before the Supreme Court. And uh, that'll be followed by Brian Caswell, who's the current president of NCPA, uh, talking more about the Legal Defense Fund, its important role, what it's done in many, many cases in many states, uh, dating back all the way to 2005, which was uh, the first uh, ever uh, legislation passed to trying to control the uh, practices of, of PBMs. Uh, following uh, Brian will be uh, representative from Caton Law, Uh, They're the law firm who's uh, been uh, involved in promoting this legislation and defending it and um, is being supported by the Legal Defense Fund. And then Doug will thank the speakers and take uh, questions and answers. So there's a chance for you to get involved and ask the Attorney General directly a question on September 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So I highly encourage you, this is a call to action. It's a very important subject. And knowledge is power and uh, I, I welcome you to uh, to join us.
0: Representative Carter, you are Georgia's first district leader, United States representative and also a pharmacy owner, a pharmacist, someone who understands these issues intimately. You have championed the Payment Commission Data Act in the state of Georgia and you've been successful in that. I can't think of a better person to kind of give our listeners an overview of of this uh, case as well as your opinions um, as a pharmacist and pharmacy owner and someone that's looking out for uh, the state of Georgia's um, communities throughout the entire state.
2: Well, thank you, Todd, and, and Bill, thank you for, for being on this uh, podcast as well. Todd, I, if I could, I want to I want to comment on, on your initial comments, because I think you really hit the nail on the head when you talked about patient care. We all need to keep in mind here, what we're talking about here is patient care. So often when I'm in Washington, D.C., uh, you know, Fairly or unfairly, and I think it's unfair, but the, the PBMs want to cast this as, oh, you're just trying to save independent retail pharmacy, which is not the case at all. What I'm trying to do is to save healthcare in America. As you mentioned, 95% of all Americans live within five miles of a pharmacy. Pharmacists are the most accessible healthcare professionals in America. If we're ever going to be able to deliver healthcare services, we have to make sure that we are utilizing pharmacy and allowing them to practice to the top of their of their license. And certainly what has happened over the years with PBMs is is deterring pharmacists from doing that. And we, we know the number of pharmacies, the independent pharmacies that have gone out of business. We know that that impacts particularly rural areas and it impacts therefore rural healthcare. And this is something that we talk about in, in, the, in the House of Representatives quite often, uh, rural healthcare and, and how we're gonna deliver healthcare services. Two things here, first of all, we're never gonna be able to lower healthcare costs until we utilize all, uh, all the different aspects of, of the healthcare providers especially pharmacy, no better example than than pharmacists, utilizing them, allowing them, as I said earlier, to practice to the top of uh, of their license. Secondly, in order to have healthcare delivery in America, we've got to make sure we're utilizing all of our healthcare professionals. I have quite a bit of experience as you mentioned with the with the PBMS both from uh, as a practicing pharmacist as a pharmacy owner for over 30 years but also from my experience of working in the Georgia State Legislature which I was in the Georgia State Legislature for 10 years before I became a member of Congress for the past 6 years. And you know we we used to we had a a strong pharmacist um representation in the Georgia State Legislature. We had four House members that were pharmacists, and I was in the state Senate. So we would pass legislation dealing with PBMs, and, and, and yet we would always run into what I considered to be the obstacle, the barrier, and that was ERISA. And the, essentially, we passed good legislation. And when we passed that legislation, it would always be applicable to the state health insurance plans, but never applicable to those that were protected by ERISA. And I always felt like the PBMs were hiding behind ERISA. That's why I'm so excited about this, about this court case, because you know finally, I think we're going to be able to distinguish the, and differentiate between the PBMs and the insurance companies. And it needs to be segregated, because the PBMs, of course, are going to try to hide behind the insurance companies and, and the ERISA laws. And that's exactly what they've done all these years. The, what has happened in Arkansas, and I think they've got such a strong case, and I, I think they're going to be successful uh, before the Supreme Court in, in reversing the Eighth the, um, District Court's um, ruling. But I, I think they're going to be able to say that you know this is what we have done here is intervening between the PBMs and the and the pharmacies. We we have not we have not done anything to to try to to intervene between the insurance plans, the private insurance plans, and, and, and anyone else. We, we're just trying to, to make sure that the PBMs, before they take a product to the insurance companies and present that product, we're trying to say, you know, you've got to follow certain rules and certain guidelines and the reason for that is we want to make sure that healthcare services are are provided to our citizens and the only way we're going to be able to do that is to make sure that pharmacies remain viable. So that's why I'm so excited about this court case. I think that this is this is going to be momentous. There's no question about it. So I I I, I want to reiterate what um what Bill said earlier. We need help and we need everyone to be involved in this and we need everyone to to buy in on this. We need your financial help. We need um, you know, your moral support and everything else that you can do to, to help us in, in this certain endeavor.
0: And, and I want to get to Bill because you said something as well about the complexities of insurance in general. Adding pharmacy benefit management on top of that takes it in a complete another complexity uh, level. We know that in an eight the Eighth Circuit Court gave Express Scripts in its mail order pharmacy program a win uh, last week that upheld a district court ruling dis- dismissing allegations that the PBM was taking advantage of its role as, a, as, a, as, as someone who's governing where those prescriptions are going uh, to its mail order program. Without any consent of the consumer, or maybe a consumer, uh, a community pharmacy that was managing that patient's uh, medications, and, and the relationship between that pharmacist who understands what that individual is going through, and this not just being a numbers game. This is, as you said, um, Representative Carter. This is about the health care of our nation, and it's affecting um, it's affecting these people, and and so. Bill, what, is, what can you unpack from what Representative Carter was saying and giving our listeners some coaching as to, you know, what happens next, what comes next?
3: Yes, Todd, you're, you're spot on. The, uh, the, the thing that I, I look at here is what, what everyone who is in a position of, you know, producing and providing services to improve people's health care cares about most is low cost, accessible, affordable healthcare. The most trusted person in the healthcare continuum today is your local pharmacist. Uh, As Buddy said earlier, 95% of the population lives within five minutes of a pharmacy. When we had this recent COVID uh, outbreak and all of the uh, uh, concerns everyone has had about what to do, the first thing that came into my mind is let's get our local pharmacists the ability to do testing. They're five minutes away from 95% of the population. And what we can't afford to lose, and we care so much about, is rural healthcare and rural, small, independently owned pharmacies. If they go away, people are going to be in, in a stranded situation when they need help. I look at the PBM industry as a middleman. I look at them as a perfect example of power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. They're pulling in, and there are just three entities that hold about 85% of this total business. $315 billion a year in annual revenue split up among three companies. And they don't have any governance. They don't get consumer uh, involvement in any decision making. And as, as Representative Carter said, they're hiding. They're hiding, that's the key word here, they're hiding behind insurance companies. They're hiding behind this false argument about ERISA. ERISA is the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. How unrelated could anything be to PBM fees between a reimburser and a pharmacy owner? It's just unbelievable. And by the way, Representative Carter wasn't alone in Georgia when he was trying to fight back against this unfair, unregulated industry. Thirty-two states have already enacted legislation to try to curtail PBM practices, including DIR fees, clawbacks, and pharmacist gag clauses. Imagine if you went to your patients and said, Gosh, I wish I could tell you that if you paid cash for the specific drug your doctor prescribed, it would cost you less than the copay that your PBM and your insurance company are forcing me to ask you to pay. I can't even tell you that. Right. I can't even tell you that. I look at this stuff and I get so angry I can hardly speak. A dozen other states are considering or actively working on similar legislation. We know, we believe the Supreme Court is going to write the ship here. And I think that the PCMA, which is the organization representing PBMs, is also in that same place. In fact, I see activity in every state right now where lobbyists and lawyers are being hired by PCMA to try to influence legislation that hasn't been written yet to prevent this kind of uh, oversight and, and proper regulation of an unregulated industry. I, it just really boils my blood when i think of that and i think it would be helpful if if uh, buddy if you could speak a little bit about why the arissa has anything to do with this this uh this defense
0: billy
2: shouldn't have anything to do with this defense at all i mean it, it, as i said earlier and, and as you reiterated the pbm's are are simply hiding behind ERISA, using it as an excuse look if i'm if i go if I have a product and, and I'm selling that product whenever i'm you know we always say it's not what you sell it for it's what you buy it for. Well, if I go to someone and, and I say, "Well, look, you got to give me this price because uh, I'm selling it to the v a or I'm selling it to some agency and and they have um, they have protection under the federal government, therefore you have to give me that price well that you know that that's impractical, and that. But that's essentially what the PBMs are doing. They're going to the pharmacies and saying, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to negotiate with me. You will take what I say you are gonna have, or you're not gonna participate. That's all there is to it." And they they do that, in hiding behind ERISA. And, and you know the the problem we got right now with the PBMs, the problem we got right now with the insurance companies, the PBMs, is the vertical integration that has to over the years, where you have the the three main companies that the, the three main pharmacies, three main PBMs that are owned by a a pharmacy or are owned by an insurance company. You've got CVS owning Caremark, owning uh, the well, and uh, and owning Aetna now. And then you've got the Cigna and and Express RIPs, and then the mail order Express RIPs. And then you've got United with their own mail order system and insurance as well. Recently, the president passed four executive orders to address prescription pricing. And we were pushing him very hard in Congress and in in our in particular with the help of um, the associations DR fees, doing away with of fees, and we proved, you know, we can save the patient's money here. Well, the administration was very concerned that it would result in insurance premiums increasing. And they were being told that by the PBMs who, oh, by the way, own the insurance company. And if you think about it, why, their concern was real. Because the companies, the, the PPMs that are owned by the insurance companies that own the pharmacies as well, they answer to stockholders. If they have a decrease in, in revenue, they're going to make up for it somewhere else because they, they can't afford to have a decrease in revenue and, and allow their stock price to go down. So if they lose the revenue from the DIR fees, they're simply going to increase insurance premiums. <laughs> you know it, it's like taking it out of one pocket and putting it in the other pocket and it, that's the problem we've got right now this is something when six years ago when i first got into congress i i met with the ftc and 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 met with them and told them you've got to do something about this vertical integration prescription costs and it has so that's that that's the big problem we've got right now is is that the vertical integration that that the federal government has allowed to happen in in prescriptions and, and in healthcare.
0: I think the complexity of this entire debacle can be summarized very um, simplistic when we start using the phrase that everybody understands, which is conflict of interest, conflicts of interest. The substantial conflicts of interest arise when the PBM owns its own pharmacy operations or owns its own back uh, carrier, insurance carrier that it's now part of, and it's able to go from bucket to bucket and constantly change um, its policy on the fly, go back and find the money based on uh, fictitious rating systems that don't don't turn into better patient care and it it's all it's all very simplistic if if our legislation and the people that are presenting information can concentrate on conflict of interest
3: Todd I think you you've nailed it there and I I'm a I'm a free market guy as a, as a business owner uh, my entire life focused on producing good quality products that produce a positive outcome and improve the financial health of of our customers, uh, including and and focused mainly on independent pharmacy owners. It's one thing for our pharmacy owners our pharmacists to say, I want to improve the health of my community, and they work at it every single day tirelessly, 8, 10, 12 hours a day on their feet, filling prescriptions, answering the phone, talking to doctors, working with insurance companies, but most of all counseling patients. These guys are heroes and champions in my eyes. I want them, Buddy Carter wants them to be financially healthy enough to continue to provide that service. It's vital to our country. I am a free market guy. I know Buddy is a free market guy. When he talks about vertical integration, it brings to mind something that, you know, I'm an older guy and and many people might not remember this, but we have uh, in the past, uh, taken drastic action against monopoly power. When monopoly power corrupts, absolutely. The best case I can remember was, was watching Judge Green break up at and I couldn't believe it actually happened. Here's the world's largest telecommunications company. One day, the next day, it's broken into several separate different entities. That monopoly power was a single entity, monopoly power. But now we have monopoly power in form of what Buddy called vertical integration. It is truly monopoly power. There is no free market here when we talk about suppressing unfair DIR fees and the entity can then turn around and say, well, you know what, we'll just increase the insurance premiums. We're good. Let's keep going. Something has to change. And I think that it's going to start on When uh, when Leslie argues her case on October 6th, I hope, and and that's why we're working so hard to get everyone involved, to raise awareness, and and help uh, finance the uh, lawyers that are pushing so hard on our behalf to, uh, to, to, to take action toward a goal like that. I don't think it's too bold to say it. I think it needs to be broken up.
0: Absolutely. And as Buddy Carter has uh, stated over and over again, it's about the patient. This isn't about the profitability or the survival of independent pharmacy, although it's definitely connected. It's about other pharmacies. It's about the small... Um, micro chains that are out there, the grocery store integration pharmacies that are suffering from this. This is impacting the entire pharmacy industry. This is impacting health system pharmacy in the way that they're transferring patients from their hospital bed to home care, and then continuing their therapy disrupted by some kind of new policy that came from the PBM that completely knocks this patient off of their cadence of therapy with the pharmacist of their choice, of the pharmacy of their choice, and the coordination of care between physician and pharmacist, or physician specialist and pharmacist, especially in these um, specialty disease states that are so sensitive, that are so increasingly expensive for uh, people to survive. And it's it's frustrating. So I'm I'm just thankful that both of you are, are pushing this, that the NCPA is involved to have done an absolute incredible job. I also want a call of action bill for you to the listeners right now And within the show notes, we'll have links bringing them back to actually how to get involved, um, through their, uh, through their donations as well as their involvement. Um, Bill, give us some, uh, some coaching and instruction.
3: Right. Thank you, Todd. Uh, September 29th, 8 p.m., uh, NCPA has is- uh, hosting uh, the panel I talked about earlier with Attorney General Leslie Rutledge to, to go through the details of the history, the litigation, the unfair practices, and what we hope to accomplish here moving forward. You can register for that webinar by simply going to ncpanet.org, O-R-G, forward slash S-C-O-T-U-S. S-C-O-T-U-S. And if you register, you'll get a link, uh, you can get into, uh, get it's, uh, its a, uh, a video webinar, uh, like a Zoom-type uh, presentation, and uh, it's planned to be about an hour, uh, roughly in length, but it's a full, uh, very abundant information about what's going on and how you can help. And uh, let's get behind this, uh, it's vital to everyone in our community.
0: Buddy, thank you so much for your work, Um, not only in the state of Georgia, but just representing pharmacy. We're always so proud when you show up on uh, Fox News or one of the news organizations that you're that you're talking about a policy that impacts your constituents. But also it trickles into the rest of the nation. And um, we very much appreciate you.
2: Well, thank you, Todd. I appreciate that. a couple of things here. First of all, to your point earlier about the other states and how the states are, are addressing these issues, you could not be uh, more accurate on that. And, and I just can't say enough about states like Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, just to name a few who have really taken a lead and, and really addressed these issues with the PBMs. That is extremely important. So I applaud all of those state associations, all the great work that they're doing. I, I, I want to make sure everyone knows that we've made progress in Washington, D.C. in the last six years, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here. It's because of you. It's because of the grassroots effort that we've had. It's because of NCPA and the APHA and all the pharmacy associations, all of us working together, all of us pulling together, making sure that we're doing the grassroots work to to get our message out. I'm very proud of the fact that I can sit back now. First of all, I'm a member of the Doctors' Caucus, which was no easy endeavor to get into that caucus. I will tell you, I had to elbow my way in as the only pharmacist. but I'm in like Flint now, I can assure you of that. And I just sit back whenever we start talking about prescription drug pricing, because they sing off the sh- the song sheet now. Oh, it's those PBMs, it's the middlemen. They're the, they're the problem. That's the way we've got to address this. And it, it really makes me proud that our members, our pharmacists out there have done their work in educating members of, of, of Congress as to exactly what's going on here. So kudos to everyone out there. And again, let me encourage you, this is extremely important, and, and please, we need your help. We need your financial help. We need your, uh, your, your grassroots help in making sure that we get this message out.
0: Well, I thank you for that, uh, Bill. We thank you and RxSafe's commitment. This is um, this is in inside the DNA of you, uh, someone that's been in the pharmacy industry for for eons and years. Not to age you, Bill, but um, your insights to the to the industry and the and the the domino effect of what this can do to patient care. Um, it, it falls right in line with with adherence and the need to um, to make medication management easier for our patients and the key to that is being able to rely on your pharmacists to do so
3: absolutely uh, Todd you've been a you've been a great stalwart here and uh, we continue to fight this fight and uh, we're gonna we're gonna win this thing and and hopefully uh, pharmacies will, will get back to their financial health that that is so vital to our community and And I'm just so glad that we have uh, Buddy Carter in Congress who is, you know, able to shine the light of, you know, the the, the real difficulty that independent pharmacy owners face trying to help their patients.
0: Thank you both. listeners please take action once again there will be links in our show notes if you're driving jogging working out right now don't worry about it you can access this through uh, rxsafe as well as the pharmacy podcast network we'll have it in several places but um, we thank you for what you're doing especially during this pandemic as the uh, primary source of health care in many communities throughout the nation in caring for your community and putting yourself out there as frontline um, workers, as frontline healthcare providers. Uh, We thank you. Uh, We love you all. Please reach out to the Pharmacy Podcast if you need anything. And as always, we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast.
1: is not a textbook process. This component of healthcare insurance will take time to figure out and will consist of many different players of the pharmaceutical supply chain. If you'd like to contribute information, data, or your own insights on PBM reform, please contact the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Send your email to publisher at pharmacypodcast.com or call us at 412-585-4001.